I understand the frustration of feeling like you need to justify your choices. Explaining your lifestyle over and over and over again because everyone from random strangers to even your own family just doesn't get it. Hey, I'm Allison Conway. That's why I'm here to help you build a profitable business that gives you the freedom to travel and work from anywhere. I've been there. And in this podcast, I'm going to share with you the real actionable how to's so you can finally confidently say it is a real job, dad. This is a Soulfire production. I am so excited to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. I am too. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, when did you start your business? Square Stylist, I started August 2019, but mm-hmm. it was um, six years ago when I started my brand and web design business. Okay. So, so yeah, so I think I found you pretty early on in your square stylist <laughs> business. Uh, I think you only had like a, you know, a few hundred followers on Instagram or something. And I was like, wow, this woman has come out of nowhere. She has amazing plugins and things for Squarespace. She's like killing it in the Squarespace game. So it's like, and now I've, I've watched you blown up and it's so cool. And I know a lot of, um, my other Squarespace designer friends are like, oh yeah, like that site, that little feature, that cool feature that you have on your site, that's a square stylist thing, isn't it? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. They, they associate those features to me. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it's not a Squarespace site, they thought it's a Squarespace site because of that particular feature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so tell me, so you had a uh, design and branding business and then started square stylist. So tell me about your your businesses, your entrepreneurial, (laughs) you know, how did you get started? (laughs) All right. Um, So um, I actually am a chemical engineer by profession. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. And then uh, I I got hired. Yes, (laughs) I got hired by my dream company. I thought I wanted to work um, in a multinational company. So that was my dream job. But then after practicing it for five years, I felt exhausted and unfulfilled. It's probably because I wasn't able to practice much creativity because my role has become routinary. It's really more, yeah, routinary. And I felt like I didn't have that much control in how I work and when I work. And uh, I I felt like I didn't have that much impact because I was like a minute part of that company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <Right>. <laughs> um, um, when I was preparing for my wed- my wedding, I rekindled my love for design because I wanted to like design my wedding invitation. Mm. And then so back then I started learning calligraphy, and um, I think when I when I shared or I I listed my first planner in Etsy someone asked me if I can turn my calligraphy into a logo. So I really like handwriting and then turning it into into digital um, work, like planners or yeah, more planners into do lists. And mm-hmm. then yeah, someone asked me to create a logo and I did for, I believe that was $100. Uh, oh my oh, gosh. $20. No, $20. $20. Yeah. $20. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I just, I just recorded a whole solo episode talking about pricing and increasing your <laughs> pricing and not to charge too little. Yeah. So, uh, wow. $20 for, for a context. Logo. 
I am from the Philippines. And so that was for me, I mean, such a huge amount of money already for something that I do mm. leisurely. Mm-hmm. And so I did it uh, on the side for uh, two years, I believe. And then um, it was not until I gave birth to my first, uh, to my son, Thomas, mm. um, that I mustered enough courage to quit my uh, dream day job. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I felt like I was at my most creative, courageous self when I was pregnant. And so um, after giving birth, I decided I don't want to go back um, to my day job and just pursue uh, branding and web design. So I started um, I started learning Squarespace as well as Shopify. So I didn't I, I had zero um, coding knowledge. I had to learn everything oh, from wow. scratch. So, and then <laughs> from there, from there, I felt like I wanted to take on every opportunity that uh, came my way. And so, here in the Philippines, Squarespace is not as popular. So, I had to take on like WordPress projects. Okay, I also had to take on like other, um, and I mean more custom projects like Netlify. Um, Hmm. And then after that, I decided I wanted to niche into Squarespace because I I felt like there's a lot of potential because it's a very simple platform. Squarespace does all the marketing for you, um, especially I really love their target audience. These are creatives who also Mm -hmm. would like to pursue what they love. And so I I love uh, everything about it, especially the interface and... um, Yes. And I felt like I, I felt so much promise in, in the company. And so I decided to niche into Squarespace and I pursued a Square Stylist on the side while, while I was um, while, while I was running an agency. It's called Creative Boss. It's really more of branding and web design for, for corporate companies here in Asia. Okay. And then um, I pursued Square Stylist on the side just to channel my creativity because I wanted really an aesthetic that's really more of editorial, sophisticated and minimal. But I get to have clients who are really in the IT industry. While I love working, while I love working with them, I really want to like practice more of that um, of that kind of aesthetics. And so Square Stylist started as a personal project, and then. Um, Last year, I decided I, I it would be my main venture. And so it's now my main venture. Uh, I still take on one-on-one clients, but it's now under the Square Stylist brand. I, I love that. So, so <laughs> what made you decide, you know, other really than, than just wanting a creative outlet, was there anything that made you decide to just sort of veer off and start Square Stylist after you'd sort of built this you know, successful, I'm, I'm assuming it had become successful at that point, your, your branding and and design business. Yes. Um, like uh, around August, 2019, I've built almost a hundred websites already, hundred Squarespace websites, almost 200 websites in total. (laughs) And so I know everything about Squarespace. I know what customers are looking for. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I felt like I knew how to like, utilize my knowledge of code to create um, features in Squarespace that are sought after. And so I wanted to highlight that in Square Stylist and in a more stylish way because I wanted to inject my um, editorial aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So I felt like there, there was a gap um, in with regard to um, creating stylish websites. And while there was presence of plugins already, there were already a lot of plugins, but th- there wasn't that like um, 
I, I mean, I felt like it was lacking in the education part. Mm-hmm. That's why my Square Stylist mini courses are not just plugins. I I package them as mini courses because I, mm-hmm. as much as I can, I I want those who who just discovered me to feel like I am willing to teach them. <laughs> like you mm-hmm. can code and you can create amazing websites if you can just inject a little bit of CSS or learn a little bit of CSS. You don't have to create websites from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, <laughs> I um I taught myself, you know, HTML, CSS and and some JavaScript a little bit. Um just from like YouTube and and um, you know, just like forums online and and things like that. And it was always difficult for me to figure out, okay, how do I take this thing that like Stack Overflow, which is a um <laughs> a very well known in the coder community online forum where where coders go and say, hey, how do I do this? And people comment back. So I would take something that, you know, a piece of code that I saw on there and not know how to then put it into Squarespace. Yes. Actually, no, because Squarespace then has their own code editors and their own classes and not to get too in depth on, on, you know, all the (laughs) code knowledge, but it was basically sort of learning code while also learning how to implement that code in Squarespace that had basically built their own, not code language, but their own system of using Yes, and And I actually noticed that even though there are developers who have years of experience in custom coding websites from scratch, they find it difficult to work in Squarespace Mm -hmm. in a streamlined way because what they do, because they are used to um, like writing the code. So what they do is they add a code block and write the the codes inside that code block and implement that on Squarespace, which Mm -hmm. defeats the simplicity uh, yep. of Squarespace because they're, they're, I think their unique selling point is that they really make it easy and beautiful for clients to update their website, to manage their website. And they feel like empowered or um, confident that they can update their website without, without relying on a developer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, um, I took on a client um, who it w- I was just doing some like basic redesign stuff. It wasn't a full redesign project, just doing some basic stuff. And I quoted her a price based on what we talked about, what she wanted to do, what updates she wanted to make without realizing that her site had been put in developer mode. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you're, you're like (laughs) giving me an, Oh no, Oh my God. And that just caused so many problems because I had quoted her this price and I wasn't quite confident enough at the time to go back and say, oh, hold up. This is not what we talked about. (laughs) But she she didn't do that. She doesn't know what that means, right? She had somebody, probably a programmer, probably, you know, who was like, oh, what is this Squarespace nonsense? I'm just going (laughs) to do what I'm comfortable with and, and fully develop it the way I know how to. Oh my gosh. And Squarespace websites, when they're put in developer mode, it, just like you said, they completely defeat the purpose of the simplicity of it. And then yes. me going in, <laughs> knowing some code knowledge, me going into developer mode and then having to, uh, you know, make the changes that she wanted, it turned out to be such a nightmare. And I learned my lesson in that. <laughs> okay, so what do you think are, um, you know, the first steps, the first things that a person needs to take to get uh, started in their 
in their design business? What are some things you did to to get started? Uh, sure. So I think the first one is to immerse in inspiration. And when I say inspiration, it's really more of evidences that it's possible mm. because um, I'm coming from the Philippines with a zero design background. And I was really made to think that design is not sustainable. I came from a middle income family. My mom even uh, worked for 10 years in, in overseas as mm-hmm. a domestic helper to bring us to school. So um, it was hard for me to to believe that I can be an mm. entrepreneur. Um, here, um, everyone believes that um, those who take, take business degree are those who can build their own companies. Mm. And I felt like, so when I was younger, every, um, all that I dreamt of was to work for a company. That was my dream job, to work in a company. <laughs> and I, I felt like I should have dreamt bigger if I immersed myself in inspiring stories of those people, of those creatives who made it, even though they came from humble beginnings. So that's oh, I first. Love that. <laughs> I love that. Immerse yourself in inspiration. I love that because it's so true. You, you have to actually believe that it's possible in the first place for you to even start trying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, t- t- with the same token, I felt like it, when you, when we say inspiration in the design mm. uh, industry, we uh, we're also talking about like like different design sensibilities. So like mm-hmm. like design inspiration, maybe you can on your free time you can go to Pinterest and look at look at um, different kinds of design and ask yourself why that design re- resonate with you. Um, I. F- my design, my aesthetics have evolved through time. And that's primarily because of um, where I immersed myself in. Mm-hmm. So really take time. I I take time to really go to um, reference websites, database, Pinterest, Behance, and just like immerse myself in what's going on in the design industry. So um, th- that's within that, like immerse again your, yourself in inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, the next thing would be to invest in learning, invert, mm. invest in skills. Because as I mentioned, I, I had zero design background, and so I, I, invest your time and, and if you can afford, you can invest money in, in learning new skills. So I started out um, learning from Skillshare. Um, they mm-hmm. had free, <laughs> they had free um, um, tutorials before. I also invested in some YouTube tutorials, and then I looked for design heroes, like those who are already designing in Squarespace, mm-hmm. and those who already have established brand uh, and web design business. I really look up to them. I check their blog, what they've been working on, and um, and if they offer something that's something that I can afford. I always make time to invest in learning and invest in new skills. Um, and I do that on the side, even though I was like working full time back then, I dedicate time to um, dedicate time to really learn and invest mm-hmm. in new skills. Um, I, I think it was Seth Godin who said, um, you are either remarkable or invisible. So Wow. How, yes. <laughs> That's powerful. And how will you, <laughs> how will you be remarkable in such a crowded and competitive industry such as design? I, I really think it's really when we ho- continuously hone our skills. So even if uh, we're already established designers, we still we still can learn new skills or mm-hmm. 
improve our skills because it's only excellence that will make us remarkable. So yeah, so my, it's really learn learn more and uh, upscale. Mm-hmm. And then probably the last would be to set your goal and make time for it because um, in every phase of my creative career, I had to set aside time for personal projects. For for example, if something is getting rudinary, I really step back and assess what would be what what I want in the next few years to happen. And I should make time for that, even though that's not like needed at the moment. Um, and the best example was when I was running a successful brand and web design agency, even though it was lucrative, it was very successful. I still made time to create Square Stylist. And mm-hmm. I, I was just surprised by how by how um, successful it became. So I, 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 I mean, in every phase, I mean, what, wherever you're starting right now, just make time for the goal that you set. Yeah, I think people discovered you so quickly when you started Square Stylist because you were really filling a, a hole in in the market. You were really filling right like I was looking for code to uplevel my Squarespace designs on Stack Overflow, which is not for designers, it's for <laughs> programmers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's, you know, and on YouTube and things like that. So when you came in, it was this entire Squarespace community was like, oh, yes, this is what I've been waiting for, finally. And I think that's really why you you grew so quickly. In this week's musical lesson, we are talking about listening to ourselves and making ourselves heard to the people around us from the great show and movie Dreamgirls. I want to talk about the song, Listen. This is the song that in the movie, Beyonce sings. And she is having this moment of clarity and also frustration in listening to what her own heart is saying and also the frustration of having not been heard before and having everything that she has felt, said, and heard been pushed aside for the sake of, in her particular case, making more money and, and churning out more pop songs. Now, in the song Listen, it starts with Listen to the song here in my heart, a melody I start but can't complete. Listen to the sound from deep within. It's only beginning to find release. Oh, the time has come for my dreams to be heard. They will not be pushed aside and turned into your own all because you won't listen. Now, no matter what, This is a a harsh and unfortunate reality. No matter what you say or do, there are going to be people who aren't going to listen to you and are going to turn your dreams into their own or just simply not going to understand and invalidate everything that you say you want and your entire vision for how you want your business and your life to be. That's going to happen no matter what. All you can do is control the way you react to their emotions. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you have a vision for the world, for the future, for your own future, 
that maybe you have difficulty articulating, but whether you have difficulty articulating or not, there are people that just don't get it because they don't share your vision. They might try to invalidate it. They might try to tell you that you're crazy or that that's never going to happen or that it's a pipe dream. But you have to listen to what's going on inside you. The song goes on. Listen, I am alone at a crossroads. I'm not at home in my own home. And I've tried and tried to say what's on my mind and you should have known. Now I'm done believing you. You don't know what I'm feeling. I'm more than what you made of me. I followed the voice you gave to me, but now I got to find my own. This is something that is incredibly difficult to do. And I say this from experience. There are going to be people, people that you look up to, people that you love, people you respect, and people who, who love you who aren't going to get it. And because of their own experience or because they don't get it or whatever their reason is, they might may not even understand what their own reason is. But they're not going to get it. And they're going to try to give you what they know. They're going to try to Maybe it's because they're validating their own choices, or maybe it's because they don't understand you or understand what it is you're trying to do, but they're going to try to put their own dreams onto you. They're going to try to tell you that your dreams are wrong and that their dreams or their goals or whatever it is, is more realistic than yours. And maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe that's true, but it doesn't matter what they say. And that's the difficult part. It's drowning out what they say and listening to what's in your gut and your heart and following through with that and only that. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that has to live with your choices. You're the one that has to look back on your whole life and say, hell yeah, I did the damn thing. They don't have to do that. You do. Now I'm done believing you. You don't know what I'm feeling. I'm more than what you made of me. I followed the voice you gave to me, but now I got to find my own. I'm screaming out and my dreams will be heard. They will not be pushed aside or worked into your own all because you won't listen. Now, I'm not trying to place blame anywhere. I'm not trying to say whether it's your parents or your friends or your partner or whoever it is that's giving you this hard time. I'm not trying to place blame because we are all products of our environment and the people that are invalidating your dreams are reacting to probably someone who invalidated theirs. Or they made choices that they regret or not regret, but they are trying to validate their own choices and their choices are different than yours. So I'm not trying to, to place any blame here on anyone, but it is going to be really hard. And there is going to be probably years that you spend listening to them. 
I want to empower and implore you to, as much as you can, drown that out and listen to what's going on in your gut. And if your gut is saying, no, something's not right here, something is going on that doesn't feel quite right, the more and more you practice listening to that, the more and more you're going to be able to stand up and say, no, you listen to me. This is what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what your opinion is of it. It's happening. Listen. Listen to what's going on inside yourself and not what anyone else is saying to you. I would love to know too, you were saying that your branding and web design agency had grown really successful. Was there anything you did in the beginning or throughout that helped you get clients and and, and grow it so successfully? Oh, that time for my branding and web design business, it's was networking. I mm-hmm. I really focused on introducing Squarespace to Southeast Asia because mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't as popular. So it's really while looking for opportunities where you can introduce something new. It isn't new in the UK or in the US, but it was entirely new in Southeast Asia. And so I focused on big companies. Um, and then I, I actually went to their offices and present how Squarespace can be better for their company. Because I thought those companies have established um, development team. And it turns out they're also struggling. They need mm-hmm. something that their marketing team can can um, easily um, implement without relying on developers. So I migrated um, big companies like Ecom Asia, which, which is like the IBM of Asia. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, California Pizza Kitchen, in the Philippines um, and um, other companies here. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's networking because I really tapped um, the marketing executives of those companies um, who happened to be um, like my schoolmates when I was in college. Oh like, my gosh, that's <laughs> genius. <laughs> genius. Yeah, so uh, I think that was how, because um, it it was hard back then. It was hard for me to break into the global, to the like uh, the global arena because um, there was a lot of Squarespace designers mm-hmm. or uh, yeah and and brand designers um, ev- everywhere. So I had to focus on where I think the opportunity is. Mm-hmm. Did you have any difficulty educating people on why Squarespace was was going to work for them over, you know, uh, like the big name, like WordPress that everybody thinks they need to be on WordPress. Did you have any difficulty there? Like saying to the marketing director of California pizza kitchen, Hey, actually (laughs) the Squarespace is where you need to be. (laughs) Actually, what's surprising is, um, it was, um, like for most of them, they were the ones, um, or one of their marketing executives would contact me because, um, one, like an, a big HR company, they had a security issue um, on their website. And so they had to contact me and ask, oh, oh, what okay. are you using for your um, your websites? And they, they thought it was beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. for the kinds of websites that they had um, using custom servers, um, the website that I did was beautiful. And so I think that was also one of the factors. And they just didn't know it was 
actually easy to do on Squarespace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, and then with regard to education, um, I think it's best to present evidences that it worked for a different company. And so I had like a, like a, f- a number of companies which I've already migrated. And so I just I just um, explained to them how um, how those companies have found success in migrating to Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, uh, in the beginning when I was doing some like Squarespace and, and even why you need a website kind of education with prospective clients, a lot of people would say to me, does it come with that SSL certificate, which is like the security <laughs> of the site yes. and WordPress, you have to spend extra money to buy that, to get that for the site. Whereas Squarespace, it's literally a thing that you can just toggle yeah, on. Toggle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So I would always include that in my proposal, like the SSL certificate just comes with this price that I'm charging you for it. And people would always say, oh, yeah, you include that. That's great. I'm like, I don't. Squarespace does. But I am definitely going to make it a line item in the proposal. Yeah, definitely (laughs) highlight that. And something that I highlight, too, is it's scalable. Because mm-hmm. even if you add more pages, even if uh, you add more uh, products, um, even if you add more um, like storage, um, it's mm-hmm. they have like one pricing for everyone. That means yep. um, even if you scale, you will still pay for the same for the same price. And so because for most platforms, if you have this much bandwidth, then it then they will like um, charge more or if you have more pages then they will charge more. And so it's just more straightforward and really simple. I feel like Squarespace needs to be giving us something for for giving them a plug oh, yes. like this. <laughs> um, okay, so I would love to know if you could point to anything specific that allowed you to grow the way that you did, either with your your agency or with Square Stylist. Was there anything, you know, some people say, oh, I hired a coach and I was able to to grow really quickly. Or I did, you know, the first time I hired an employee, that was when I started to grow. Was there anything specific like that? I'd say it's always my love for learning that powered me through. Like until today, it's my love for learning. And it's also why I'm connected to people who love learning too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 offers that I have right now on Square Stylist, it isn't for those for those who aren't um who aren't willing to learn. You have to learn, go through all the videos before you make the most out of what you buy. And so, yeah, it was my love for learning because um, I was ready to learn anything. And eventually my love for calligraphy, my love for, um, I do have diverse interests. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I somehow was able to um, combine them to offer something new. For example, it was, my love for both design and coding that uh, allowed me to stand out because um, I don't only know design, I know coding too. That's why Square Stylist is Square Stylist now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really like the combination of both scales. And so if you can discover more, then there's like more opportunities will um, will show up. And, and even if, for example, um, I mean, I can always pivot because I do have other scales. I can have like a standout Shopify in the future or standout. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I always, I love learning. I, 
even Notion, I, I, I love learning new stuff about technology. And so if, if there's more demand with regard to Notion, then I can pivot to Notion, like any tech or like just any interest. I know I can combine them and offer something new. So you don't have to know it from the start. Like, of course you can try other skills and I mean, you'll just realize all of those will make sense <laughs> um, mm -hmm. after you create an offer based on all of those learnings. Is that how you um, ultimately developed your, your style as well from just yes. wanting to learn? Yes, from just wanting to learn as well. Um, as I mentioned, I take time to immerse myself in inspiration. And that means going through like what's new on Pinterest, what's new on like different um, design websites, um, type wolf uh, for the typography. I really make time for it such that I won't be confined with what with what my style is right now. I am always updated of what's um, of what other designers are looking for. And so I can develop a plugin for that or a mini course for that. So yeah, it evolves because I, I expose myself in like diverse mm -hmm. um, resources and like, yeah, diverse um, platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I love, I love that you talk about your, your love of learning. When I was first getting started, I had, um, I was so frustrated. First of all, I don't, I don't have a design background either. I, my, um, bachelor's degree is in journalism. So, uh, when I started to teach myself design and, and coding and, and Squarespace and, and all of that stuff, I was so frustrated by the fact that I didn't have this unique style right <laughs> from the beginning. And I was frustrated that I didn't know how to like fully develop a custom website from scratch, you know, like all of these things that I just didn't know how to do that. I was trying to spend so much time learning and what I want to go back in time and tell myself of, you know, six, seven years ago now is you got to play the long game. You got to just yeah, keep going. Right. You got to <laughs> just keep going. And that was one thing I, I was inspired to start this podcast as, as essentially the, the going back in time and helping the the version of me from many years ago. But uh, yeah, one of those things that I just want to sort of yell at her and say, it's okay. <laughs> you just have to keep going. You, you have to play the long game. <laughs> yeah. And it gets easier as you uh, practice. It gets mm -hmm. easier. Um, like design, it did not come naturally for me. It, I had to create more and more to develop the design aesthetics that I love right now. Because if you see my designs back then, you can check out theartistscientist.com <laughs> and like scroll through the very first. Um, you, you won't realize, you won't imagine myself having the kind of aesthetics that I have right now. So it's mm -hmm. a process, it's a journey, and you just need to embrace that and just enjoy it. Um, and yeah, just learn mm -hmm. as you go. <laughs> I find too, for designers getting started, you may have become a designer because your taste level was very high. You had that eye for good design, but your, your hard skills could not meet up with how your taste was. So there's this really big gap with like, Oh, I really, this is what I want to create, which is up here. 
but my skills can only get me to here. And there's this gap where I think a lot of people give up there. There's this sort of like, you have to keep going until your skills actually reach what your tastes are. Yes, yes, definitely. And you can, because Mm -hmm. a lot of us starts from zero. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So speaking of learning uh, and being a constant learner, tell me about your course. I am a part of it and it is yes. amazing. It is like the most stacked course. There's, it is a font of information and it was even right. Talk about being a constant learner. Like I thought I knew plenty about code. and taking your course, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. I'm learning so much. (laughs) All right. Sure. So standout Squarespace is my flagship course. Um, It's all about learning the code, creating the unexpected and charging with confidence. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned, um, it's hard to stand out, but you can stand out if you can develop a rare and valuable skill such as coding. So in this um, design industry, um, if, for example, um, the the coding, I mean, it's, if you learn coding, it's a universal language, CSS and JavaScript. These mm-hmm. are like universal web language. You just have to um, learn it in the context of Squarespace, and it will just keep you curious. If, for example, you want to to take your coding knowledge to other platforms like Shopify, Webflow, um, WordPress, um, this will just be the start. But this um, course just walks you through step-by-step step how to create amazing, stunning websites in the simplest way possible because Squarespace is simple and when, and we also want to keep it simple. So uh, what I teach mainly how to create stunning sites and how to make it simple for you and for your clients. So the, the standout method is really about streamlining. Mm, I love that. What are some of the favorite, what are some of your favorite lessons or topics that you talk about? All right. So one is a uh, modal, the, the, my, I think my most favorite is module 10, wherein it's like all about streamlining and optimization, because while we can add a lot of codes to our Squarespace site, we also would like to take into consideration how streamlined our process is. Mm-hmm. So what I teach there is how to create an entire website in one hour by really understanding code and how to leverage it so you can simplify your process. So it's all about simplification. And the other favorite would be like the client communication part where I Mm. walk you through how to um, create a red um, carpet client experience using Notion, which is my, my project management of choice. But there are also nuggets which you can apply to your project management system of choice. Mm, I love that. And of course, how not to charge $20. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So um, the entire uh, entire transformation that I would like the program um, to impart to the members is to create a profitable design business by being confident in your skills and charging more for your for your uh, like design projects. So yes, mm-hmm. uh, we are charging 10k plus per project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. I love that education. I, um, yeah, I, like I mentioned, I just, uh, did a whole solo episode, recorded a solo episode about pricing and, um, yeah, I was charging, uh, like $3,000 when I started and then 
you know, slowly I was like, I don't know. I was getting a lot of price objections when I was at that price. But of course that's because you're going after the people that don't necessarily, you know, that $3,000 is a stretch for them. So when you enter that whole new level, it's just, it's a whole new game. And I, I love teaching people raise your prices, please just raise your prices. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Uh, and where can people find that? Oh, uh, my main website is on squarestylist.com, but my flagship course, you can check it out via standoutsquare.space. So it's opening again on July 19. Mm, Amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's also, I just want to mention, because I'm part of this course, there is a whole community where you can ask questions about things that you're struggling with, show your recent work, talk about all kinds of stuff that you're going through. And and that's, um, I think that's awesome. So you've done done an amazing job with this course. I love it. Uh, I tell everybody, I'm like, oh, you like Squarespace here. Take this, take this course. Do this. <laughs> Thank you, Alice. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Um, so I would love to know, um, because this podcast is really for people that are just getting started. Like I said, it's, it's, you know, for the version of me from, from many years ago when I was struggling and frustrated with trying to learn, um, what was the, the hardest thing or something that you struggled with when you were starting your business or, or something that you felt like you had to overcome? Uh, I felt like it, it's the feeling that it's, uh, I mean, all ideas have already been generated and um, it's already crowded and competitive. And so um, I think what allowed me to overcome that is convincing myself that there's room for me. So I I love for everyone to be reminded that there's room for you Mm. because you have a unique way of seeing things based on your story, based on what you've learned throughout the years and based on what you're willing to learn in the future that makes up you, which is unique and which is needed. So that's what I'd like everyone to realize. There's room for you and you can offer a unique perspective that someone or like um, a part of this world needs. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that. I could not agree more. Um, I just have one more question for you. And uh, because this podcast is for people that are just getting started and it is all about playing the long game, there is a version of you from many years ago who was just getting started and didn't know what you were doing yet. Do you have anything... <laughs> Um, any advice for her or anything that you want to say you're grateful for or forgive her for or anything, (laughs) anything that she needs to hear from, from who you are today? I'd say to myself, yeah, just dream big. I think that's, Mm. that, that would be like my advice. Cause I mean, where I am right now is something that I never dreamt myself of doing. So I felt like, um, you can be in whatever season of your life right now, but you just have to dream bigger. I mean, there's like more that's in store for you if you just believe that you can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I felt like if I did not believe that I can establish my own business, I would be, I would be, I would still be in my, in my nine to, nine to five job until today. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So just like, yeah, dream big and believe. 
That and, is until yeah. today, I can I constantly remind myself that I can dream bigger. Ah, oh, I love it. That's so um that's so true. And and for for that version of ourselves that you know from years ago that's just getting started, there's so much that goes on in yes. our heads when we're doing that. Like, I'm not good enough, or who am I to think that I can do this, or I'm never going to fill that gap between what my taste is and what my skills are. I'm never going to, you know, get clients. I'm never going to do all this and all that. And, um, that can be such a difficult place to be in. That's such a hard thing to have to deal with. And now seeing, seeing you with, uh, you know, your agency as well as square stylist that has both have taken off and are amazing. And in my own business as well, uh, I like to look back and think, you know, she, that version of me, she was just, she's doing exactly what she needed to do to get, yes, to get me here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for being here. You are an absolute delight. Your oh, program you. and your plugins and your mini courses are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Amazon, as well. I think it's the first time that I talked about this. So thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> oh my gosh, you should, you should, people would really love to hear your story. You should talk about it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Allison. It's my honor. <laughs> thank you so much. We'll talk soon.